The David Ross era begins for the Chicago Cubs. I'm Chad Gordon, and you are listening to the Friendly Confines Cubs podcast. My co-host Ryan Lieber is on honeymoon with his lovely new bride all over the Mediterranean. So we are joined by a guy that bleeds white and black, a White Sox fan, Ryan Plazak, one of my absolute favorite people in the world and a guy that I've worked in uh, TV sports uh, a long, long time ago. Glad to have him on. We're also going to be joined by Corey Curtis. Uh, he is sports director in Nashville uh, in TV there, but also he is uh, a longtime play-by-play guy for the Tennessee Titans. Um, hey, he's also a longtime Cubs fan, so we're going to get his take on all the big news. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Ross. We're going to be talking about uh, Javi Baez getting snubbed for the Golden Glove. We're also going to be talking about former Cubs skipper Dave Martinez and the success he's had with the Washington Nationals. Plus that Chris Bryant uh, arbitration uh, uh, issue. We're going to be discussing that as well. All that and much more. The Friendly Confines Cubs podcast starts right now. And we'll start in the 10th inning, and the big news of the week is David Ross. Ryan, what do you think? Is this the right move? Well, considering all the um, the attention that this has been given for quite some time, I think it might be just in terms of the fact that, you know, he was recently with this team, and I think he brought that element of um, you know, kind of a coach already, if you will, because he was at the, the later end of his career the tail end here and I think a lot of guys kind of looked up to him and I think these guys are still young enough the core that is for the Cubs that uh, perhaps this could be a good signing because he's going to relate well with them now can you distinguish between whether or not he can set aside you know friends and 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 turn into a uh, you know an actual business so you got to be able to distinguish between the two of those. And that's going to be where things may end up being a little tricky. So that's my take right now. Yeah, and, you know, for me, I, I look at it. I look at, you know, the biggest issues of this last season. I mean, this was a team that, that was one of the league leaders in errors. This was a team that mm-hmm. was one of the league leaders in base running mistakes. I mean, those are mental issues, and I feel like that is something that does start at the very top, an accountability perspective. So that's my biggest question mark is, is can David Ross be the guy that, even though he is buddies with a lot of these guys, can he flex the iron fist at times mm-hmm. and and give this team uh, – you know, the renewed focus that I think may have been lacking under Joe. Joe was more of a, you guys do your own job. Uh, you're, you're adults. You know, I, I trust you to kind of, you know, police yourself. And, and so I think David Ross, potentially, this is a, a situation, one, where he can come in and, and provide that discipline that's been lacking. That's my take. And then the other side of it is, you know, the analytics of it. You know, this is a front office that was built with a lot of very smart people and, and they have really blown out their analytics department. And Joe, I think we'd all agree, has really led with more of a gut feel at times, some of the decisions mm-hmm. he's made. So, so I think that's, that's, where I'm, uh, that's where my take is. So let's move on to the 11th inning. And, and Rhino, this is an interesting one. Uh, this is something that snuck up on a lot of people. But, you know, way back in 2015, Chris Bryant, uh, and it, it wasn't by coincidence, I think we would all agree, he was not brought up until the day after uh, what would have triggered a full year of service time in 2015. Now, that seems like archaic, and what does that matter? 
But if you are a major leaguer for a certain amount of years, it triggers your free agency earlier. So, yep. so if, if they had allowed him to play um, a day earlier versus when they allowed him in 2015, he'd be a free agent after 2020 versus having him until 2022. So there's an arbitration hearing that's going to go on. Apparently, it's going to stretch on for a few weeks. If he wins this arbitration, the Cubs are going to lose their rights, and he'll go to free agency in 2020 versus um, if this goes as is, which is what the rules are, and they follow the rules. Now, did they go against the the, the, the honor of the rules? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. What's your take on this? Is this is this uh, a situation that needs to be rectified? Is this a situation where you feel like Chris Bryant has a leg to stand on, or is this just the the deal that the union and the 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 owners negotiated? Well, I think once you've already established the rule, and we know that the rule is that there's X amount of service time required, um, I think you got to stick with that. Um, I think they're kind of they're trying to stretch out. If you will, they're trying to get uh, more leverage, if you will. Um, yeah. And with having a an agent like Scott Boris, that doesn't bode well for the Cubs nor very many teams that like to deal with him. Yeah. Um, but I do feel that uh, if he does uh, get this honored, that's gonna set that's gonna set things rolling here with other players because oh, other yeah. players gonna be looking into it. So it's certainly um, something to watch for. I don't personally don't feel like he's gonna that that this is gonna pass um but if it does like i said there's gonna be a domino effect here and there's gonna be a lot of players doing the same thing so yeah it'll be interesting to watch yeah you're you're absolutely right so this this would this would happen with chris and then it would retroactively there would be people that would become free agents that would Mm -hmm. be free agents for a couple more years because they they the timing of when they were called up it just it would it would affect things so this would have far-reaching effects almost like when Curtis Flood um, back in the 60s kind of opened up free agency for baseball. So this could be a landmark case. And you're right. Scott Boris is a guy that that absolutely, um, you know, he's going to push this because this is just more opportunities for, you know, Chris Bryant getting a max deal in the prime of his career at 28 years old. So it, it, it this is something to look for, everybody. And and uh, I think we're going to see this slowly but surely kind of um, mostly behind the scenes. But this is this is something that every front office in baseball is is looking at so let's move on to the the 12th inning here we're in the extra innings for the friendly confines cubs podcast and uh this is interesting so the the finalists uh for the golden glove jason hayward no surprise there anthony rizzo longtime gold glove uh uh you know uh, uh nominee and and also winner who who that is it for the cubs though so mm-hmm. how surprised are you in javi Baez's really first full year as the shortstop and and arguably the most exciting player on the defensive uh, uh, part of the field for any team in baseball. Are you shocked he got snubbed? Yeah, I think what maybe factored into that was, uh, you know, his his season being shortened due to injury. Um, even though we know, or most of us know, that I think you can put him anywhere, you know, in the field and he can be gold glove worthy, gold glove, gold glove caliber. The guy's just a freak of nature when it comes to athletic ability. And when they put him in as a full-time shortstop, there there were some some games where you can kind of tell he might have been trying to do too much. Um, yeah. and, and I think when he was in more of a, you know, a, a, a floater role, if you will, going third, second, and short, he didn't have time to think too much about the one position. So yeah. 
I think, you know, with him going on the fly uh, in years past, it seemed like that kind of boded well, you know, a little bit better for him. But I still think all around, that's it is surprising that he's not even in uh, mention uh, for shortstop. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I think you raised a really good point. And then also that kind of because last year it was Addison's position, you know, until mm-hmm. until field issues. And with Javi having all of those positions, where he, whether he played at second normally, we'd fill in at, at shortstop, play over at third, wherever he was needed. Um, you don't get enough reps to really qualify uh, for a Golden Glove. In fact, it was also hurting his All Star chances as well. So. I'm um, mm-hmm. very surprised by that. I'd love to hear some rationale. I mean, I think at least he should have been a finalist, but I think you raise a really good point. You know, he, because of the flair for the dramatic, um, he would force a little more errors that other people would do. But then when a, when a ball was hit in any way, right, left, behind, in front of him, you know, Javi Baez, you know, you were ready to see a pretty mm-hmm. outstanding play. So let's move on to the, the 13th inning. And, and, and I got to tell you, how impressed are you in this postseason, no matter how it ends, I mean, knowing that the Washington Nationals, who were pretty much left for dead on, mm-hmm. on June 1st, but but if you look at it, the winningest team since the last week of May. I mean, this is a team that was basically in an elimination game for most of the last two months. Dave Martinez, by the way, former Cubs manager, the guy that they jettisoned to bring in Joe Madden, Dave Martinez, how impressed are you with the job he's done? Well, considering they, like you said, they were left for dead. Uh, what was that? Probably around June, just just before the the uh, trade deadline came up in July, they were starting to, to kind of catch their bearings. They were getting healthier, and things started to improve. Their line, we always knew their lineup was stacked, and it was just yes. a matter of their pitching, just you know, staying healthy and and, and staying true to form. Um, they brought in a couple pieces that you know, not not. Um, your household names, uh, you know, down the stretch, but they, they really had, uh, you know, a good nucleus kind of come together towards the end of the season. And here, here they are now, I believe it's eight straight wins, which is uh, a record tied with the White Sox and Yankees for playoff wins, eight consecutive. Yep. And, you know, they're, they're just clicking on all cylinders right now. And Dave Martinez really should merit, uh, manager of the year consideration now i mean that's 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 a given um you know the the dodgers obviously were the um the glorified team over you know 162 but the way the nationals came on at the end here it's it's remarkable how good davy got the troops back together and i think he calmed them down once he uh you know there was the rumors flying about him getting let go um i think he reassured the guys that hey guys i'm not going anywhere let's fight through this and, and that's kind of what they did. They rallied around it. And uh, that's here they are two wins away from, from winning it all. Yeah, that's a great take. And I, like what I've seen watching that team, and by the way, let all the listeners remind them, the Nats were my pick to win it all before the first there you playoff go. started. So that's mainly because my nephews are all over them. And I also, I, I'm, I'm very, I, I think Rendon is incredible. Oh, um, he is. He's my MVP pick. The, the pitching staff has just been waiting to dominate and shine. I mean, this mm-hmm. is going to solidify some potential Hall of Fame careers for the two of them. Um, what I would say is I see fire and desire and, and a clubhouse and a dugout that really likes each other and has a lot of fun. I've missed that with the uh-huh. Cubs this year and, and, and how much of that Madden's fault, how much is that to the credit of, of Martinez, you know, we'll never know. So I'm going to put you on the spot for the 14th inning, Ryan, 
you know, it's rare. We've had some White Sox fans as guests on the show. Herb Lawrence was one of the last ones. Um, this is the first time we've had a, a you know, the fill-in co-host while Ryan's <laughs> on his honeymoon. You are a, a, a born and bred Southsider. You love the White Sox. Uh, the family's been a season ticket holder. Um, mm-hmm. You, 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 you bleed black and white. What is your optimism? What is your take? How do you think the 2020 season is going to treat the Chicago White Sox? Oh, there's a lot to uh, chew on there. Number one, I'm still uh, not sold on Rick Renteria. That's, um, you know, when I, when I saw the fact that there were some managers out there that I thought would be a good fit to get this, this team over the hump, I really think Ricky does a great job, um, you know, considering half the team is, is, uh, you know, of Spanish descent and he's the right fit to get those guys kind of comfortable in their own, in their own skin. But I don't believe he's the, the, uh, the leader to get them over the top. They are missing a few starting pitchers. Uh, we got guys that are coming off of, um, you know, some, some major surgery. So the question mark is still in the pitching staff. You really only have three guys that uh, you can count on with, uh, and Giolito kind of had a little setback at the end of the year, but although I think that was just kind of shutting them down based on uh, innings, and they wanted to kind of just get, ease them uh, into the offseason. Um, but Kopech comes back with questions. You know, he's got nasty stuff. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez has great stuff, but can he can he can put that all together? And that's kind of one thing that we're not seeing. Uh, you got to like what they're doing with their lineup. They still need to add a right fielder. So yeah, there's lots of holes to fill. Um, but I see the upside and, and I'm, I, I can't wait until Luis Robert is up. I think that guy is just going to be a, a stud all around. Um, they've got uh, some good young pitchers. It's just a matter of getting, getting the, the service time in and, and see if they can, uh, can produce at the big league level. So a lot of question marks, but still a lot of optimism. I, I still think that um, there's a lot of potential for them to at least, uh, you know, get into contention for a, a wild card possibly next year. But I still think that they need that, that one voice to get them over the top. And I think uh, Renteria is, might not be that guy, but we'll see how they, uh, we'll see how they start off next year. Time again for the seventh inning stretch, and we're joined by Nashville TV sports director at the ABC station, Corey Curtis, also a proud Southern Illinois University of Carbondale Saluki alumni. Corey, welcome to the seventh inning stretch. Oh, thank you very much. You know, we never have to say we're from Carbondale. The only people that have to differentiate themselves are from Edwardsville. That's very true. Very true. And uh, I, I've known you since my very, one of my very first days in college, so it's a thrill to have you on the show. Let's talk David Ross. What do you think about this move? Well, I mean, it's the move that I think we've all been talking about for, what, like a year or, or so now. And I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day because they were you know, asking about experience and pushing the team in the right direction and all these things. Major League managers just have to herd the cats and get them all pointed in the right direction. Mm. You know, we always saw with Joe Torre, it was about managing egos about managing personalities and if he can get all those and he can get all these guys you know kind of pulling back in that same direction playing with that same 
fever that they had before that that will be what determines if he's successful or not in my estimation as a catcher he knows the game he knows how to handle pitchers you know he he should be able to handle all that so let's talk some of the criticism that we've been seeing as you know cubs twitter is uh, a is a is an interesting place and people have have been saying well you know how can this is the buddy of, of the guys. How is he going to uh, whip them them into shape and, and provide the the direction and the and the fire that that maybe was lacking under Joe? What's your what's your take on on a friend can't manage? Well, I mean, there is a difference, and and he's going to have to step to the plate. But he was always a guy who was viewed as a leader. I mean, that was one of the big things he brought to that team was, I mean, you know, he wasn't a stat machine or anything in 2016 when he got there. He he only caught for one pitcher, right? Yeah. He catch for Lester back then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was his guy. Yeah, but he was viewed, you know, as as a leader. So he's going to walk in that dugout and have automatic respect from those guys. Now, you know, just like with kids, um, there's going to be some people that test him, and and he's going to have to show, you know, who's in charge. You know, we've got it here with the Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel. You know, Mike Vrabel isn't that far removed from being a player. Good and comparison you still you can still feel some of that with him you still see some of it in the way he carries himself and and makes some of his decision and it gets in the way a little bit sometimes but there's no question who's in charge you know there's no question that it's his team and and David Ross has to come in there and let everybody know that you know hey you know I'm in charge you know Mike Vrabel can identify with all of these guys as players and, and he does, and, and he gets along with them as players, but they all know he's in charge, and that's the delicate line that, that David's going to have to figure out. We're clearly in the window. We've talked about, you know, the, the Theo Theo's contract kind of coincides with, with what people have said is the Cubs' window of opportunity with, with some of their young talent. What do you need to see out of the 2020 Cubs under David Ross for this to be the right move? Well, number one, I need to see more urgency. Um, I... You know, back in 2015, 2016, I mean, that was a group that played hard for nine innings, and you never felt like they were out of a game. You know, down three runs in the ninth, you still felt good that they were going to have a chance to win this game. And watching this team this season, I felt like I was just kind of waiting for things to go wrong. You know, and I don't see as many of the games as you probably do here, you know, living in Nashville. I don't get a chance to see that many. But, you know, I, I feel like they... They never recovered from losing Dexter Fowler at the top of the lineup. True. You know, they, they don't have that set-the-table guy who put the wheels in motion. they got to find a way to get the wheels in motion, you know, offensively and do all those little things again. And then the other part's on Theo, and that's, you know, patching the pitching staff back together. I'm still trying to understand letting Arietta walk for you, Darvish, um, but there's no turning back the time machine on that one. So when you look ahead – to this coming season um when you think about the way the team's constructed right now what are your your two or three biggest areas of need well who's going to lead off and i know they picked up tony kemp a guy well here um because he played uh at vanderbilt here locally and actually grew up Mm -hmm. in a town franklin that i live in um, right now i don't know that he's an everyday player um but he's a utility guy who can um who can play a lot of different positions and he's got a lot of speed. So, you know, he could be a guy who potentially 
could play up there at the top of the order, but how are you going to get them on the field? Um, so they, they've got to get somebody up there on, on the top of the field to, to, to kind of get that thing um, in motion. And, and then, like I said, play with that, that edge um, that I feel like they just lost. You know, they won that World Series, and they were never the same. I think that's one of the things that's always made those Yankee teams so great is they won and then they just kept on winning, even the Red Sox some. And uh, this Cubs team has been uh, unable to do that. Let's talk really briefly about our former manager, Joe Madden. Uh, I think it was almost a 50-50 split from what I saw from the fan base. Some were, were feeling like it was it was the right time, you know, right at the end of the contract, good, good opportunity to part ways. Respectfully, others felt like it was a colossal mistake to let him go. What do you think is, is going to be Joe's legacy when it's all said and done with the Chicago Cubs? Well, he's the guy who ended the 108-year drought. You know, he was the right guy at the right time. I mean, listen, the biggest obstacle that the Cubs faced was always mental. You know, those last, because they had good teams in the past, teams capable of winning the World Series. But at that critical moment, you know, they crumbled. Mark Pryor on the mound against uh, the Marlins. You know, the the Cubs against the Padres. You know, they're just all those moments. The Dodgers, you know, where they just, they just crumbled, where the pressure got to be too much. I remember Lou Pinella going off when somebody said something about the, the goat or whatever it was in the, in the locker room yeah. or the, the clubhouse before the game. And he was the right guy to get them over that mental hurdle, especially a young team. And so he was the right personality and the right man for that job. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll never know if he was the right man to get him back to get him back there again. But they were in a steady decline you know, each year after 2016. So I, so I get moving on, but I mean, he should be always, you know, revered as the guy who climbed Everest. When you look at the way this team's made up and, you know, you think about the, the big four, the big three, whether you talk about Rizzo, you talk about Bryant, Contreras, Baez, kind of like renowned as, as, as the, the untouchables, or at least the ones that kind of make up the core of the Cubs Mount Rushmore. Is there anybody in that group that you feel like has to stay with this team and, and must remain on this team. Do you feel like any of them is, is, is untouchable or do you feel like that it's time to start making some moves? Well, it's tough because they've got, they've got good players and, and you, you know, you can't keep them all, you know, virtually because, you know, you're always going to have to, you're going to, you can't pay everybody is the way it always seems. You know, for me, you know, Contreras is a guy you know, he's such a good catcher and he is not a liability at all behind the plate. He can, I, I would have a hard time moving Contreras because um, I, I, I just he's he's a good ball player. I'm a, you know, Javi Baez is just electric. I mean, that that's all there is to it. And the other thing about Baez is he's he's so versatile. You know, yeah. you can plug him in three different spots. And Chris Bryant is also, you know, versatile now. And I'm a big Chris Bryant guy, but he hasn't lived up to 2016. I mean, he had 77 runs batted in this year with three runs. You know, that's that's not good enough. You know, and and as I say, part of that is they don't have that set the table guy in front of them as much anymore. Um, but the numbers haven't lived up to the MVP status that he's had. You know, I, I'd have a hard time, you know, moving any of those guys. In the, and I've always heard, I'm not there, but I've always heard the clubhouse is Rizzo's clubhouse. So... You know, having heard that, he's a guy um, that I wouldn't move. I've I've always thought Schwarber would be the first to go um, because he's more of an American League style player. And then Russell is a guy who's 
he's just got a lot of baggage yeah. and, and you, you don't mind moving on from. So looking up and looking into to next year, how do you think the new regime and the new leadership, how do you think it'll present itself? Do you think that it'll be a clear, uh, they'll have a, a definite kind of aura about them? Do you think that they'll, 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 they'll feel different, see different, communicate different? How do you think you'll, you'll see how, when you see them play, you'll know things have changed because let's be honest this last year leading almost leading the, the majors in both errors and base running mistakes I mean, th- those are big reasons why you lose yeah. a lot of ball games and that that was a that was kind of their form and function so what what do you want to see in this coming year yeah i mean obviously you got to you you know that's attention to detail and you know if you got to get these guys focused on attention to detail and and we're in this era of basically you know home runs and strikeouts and that takes away from attention to detail because all you're doing is, is going for the big one. And, you know, that's why I've said they've got to get that edge back and doing the little things. And the little things includes fundamentals on defense, it includes fundamentals in running the bases. And that doesn't mean stealing bases, but it certainly means not getting thrown out on the base paths. So, you know, I will see if, if they are playing – with with a uh, with an attention to detail with everything that they do because that's that's to me what's been lost. So, enough time for just a couple more questions, and we haven't really touched on this. We talked about not having a deck stuff up top. We talked about how some of the, the 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 sloppiness of play. You've had time to think about it. I've had time to think about it. It's it's been it's been about a month or so. What went wrong last year? <laughs> um. It, 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 all I can say is it, it, it was between the years um, because, you know, they've got largely the same guys and they're not the same team. And that's why I talked about Joe Torrey. It's about managing egos. It's about managing personalities and, you know, getting them all pushed in the, in the same direction. Lou Holtz, you know, was a master of that, you know, getting all 85 guys pulling in the same direction. You know, I, I covered a Titans team with Jeff Fisher. You know, say whatever you want for him as a head coach. They were 0-6 and lost to the Patriots 59 to nothing. And after a bye week, they came back and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, that's, that's getting guys back and getting them refocused and pulling in the same direction. Because we, we look at this lineup and you just look at the players and you're like, how did this team not make the playoffs? How, how did this team not make the playoffs? Well, they all got to look in the mirror and understand there why they didn't make the playoffs, you know, because you, you just brought up the errors and the base running mistakes. Those are all things that they have no one to blame but themselves because their attention to detail um, was not there. It's not that they're not skilled enough to make those plays is they weren't committed to the process enough to make those plays. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it was taking too much for granted, I don't know if it was basking in the glory of ending the 108-year run. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time believing you don't want to win it again. But for whatever reason, you know, and, and, and you have to start with the manager because he heads the thing up. Um, you, you've got to, you know, that's, that's where it was lost. And, and he, he has never been a guy who, you know, seemed to come crashing down on guys. And I don't know that they need that. I don't know if people today will respond to that. Um, but you've got, you know, they've got only themselves to blame and they've got to find a way to get themselves back in the right path. A lot of discussion um, about 
what the front office did or did not do going into the season uh, where they, they addressed the, uh, the, the, the closer role mid season, um, you know, where they didn't go after a leadoff guy where, you know, they're, they, 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 these Cubs have been spending money. It's not like they're pinching. Yeah. Pennies. They're one of the league leaders. But when you think about Theo Jed and the regime thinking as I do potentially that he's going to do his, his decade and move on. If it's just the one title, um, you, you talked about Joe. Joe's always going to be the guy that broke the jinx and, and, and was able to bring that title to Chicago. So he'll never have to buy a, a, a round in Chicago. You, do you think Theo, is that enough? You know, the two titles in Boston, the title in Chicago. Do you do you think there's a hunger there to do more? Well, sure. Um, you know, just because a guy makes some bad decisions doesn't mean that there isn't a hunger there. Um, you know, I wonder I wonder if the budget sometimes um, leads to some mistakes you know, like the, the monster deal for Jason Hayward and the monster deal for you Darvish. And, you know, just these are guys who haven't lived up to those deals, you know, whatsoever. And when yeah. they were both signed to them, uh, I, I don't know about Cub fans elsewhere, but I, my eyebrows went up and said, what, what the heck are we doing? Because uh, I don't think that these guys are that good. And, and you, get, you get saddled by those. But listen, I mean, my, my grandparents – you know, lived their whole lifetime and never saw the Cubs win the World Series. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. so yeah. I mean, look, if this is the only World Series Theo Epstein gets, he's okay because he's the one who ended it and didn't just end it. You know, he built the Cubs a lineup capable of being a 10 year dynasty. They just got to do it on the field. All right. Last question. And this is kind of a, a lighthearted, fun one, but uh, you've been a lifelong Cubs fan. What is your fondest, earliest, what made you a Cubs fan? Well, I mean, for me, it was just turning on the TV. Um, I mean, back when I was, gosh, four years old and being able to watch the Cubs in the daytime. You know, I'd always have to watch those awful Empire Furniture commercials. <laughs> 588. It's the 300 Empire. <laughs> and then I'd see the, I'd see the leadoff man with Jack Brickhouse. And, and then I'd watch the Cubs. And I saw some god-awful Cub teams in the seventies with players like Jerry white and Jerry Martin and uh, Manny trio was my first favorite cub. <laughs> Manny, he was, my, he was my first favorite cub. And I'll never forget the first time I went to Wrigley field when I walked, you know, out under the concourse and this all of a sudden the blue sky appeared and the eye and the Ivy was there on the wall. It was like walking through the gates of heaven and, uh, and Billy Buck went deep and it was a great day. Yeah. When that I won't ever forget. I love it. Corey Curtis, uh, sports director, Nashville, uh, longtime uh, Cubs fan, uh, Southern Illinois Saluki alumni. Thank you so much for being a part of the Friendly Confines today. Very uh, honored to be a part of the program. Once again, our special thanks to Corey Curtis from WKRN TV in Nashville, the sports director there. Uh, always great to connect with him. You can find him on Twitter at Corey Curtis Two. You can find me at Cubs Confines and Twitter. Uh, Ryan Plazak, a pleasure to have him on there and get his take on the White Sox and his perspective on what's going on with the Cubs. Ryan Lieber will be back on our next episode. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan D Lieber. If you want to follow us on Facebook, we are at the Friendly Confines Cubs Podcast Headquarters. Uh, Friendly Confines Cubs Podcast Headquarters on Facebook. Search for us, join, fun-loving group. 
Positive Cubs news and all this other stuff. So we're going to be back with the next big Cubs news, probably free agency after World Series uh, finishes up. It was great to have you along for the ride today. For Ryan, Corey, and myself, we will see you at the ballpark. Just the game For I've seen other teams And it's never the same When you're born In Chicago You're blessed and you're a field The first time you walk Into Wrigley 